Hello and welcome back to the Black Belt and Thinking podcast. All right, so today we're looking a little differently in that we talk a lot about problem solving, decision making, implementation, all these kind of uh, thinking approaches and processes and everything that all boils down to logical thinking and critical thinking uh, on the Black Belt and Thinking podcast, uh, which isn't surprising because that's the focus of the course. But all of this stuff to a certain degree is just strategy and that if we don't do something with it, it's kind of meaningless. And that might mean we need to do something with it. It might mean that others need to do something with it. But ultimately, if the actions people do at the end of the day don't change, nothing else will change because they, they are the sort of hands that cause the change. But interestingly, much like this, uh, you know, these logical approaches that we should be taught through our lives, which really aren't, um behavior change or why you know why we do certain behaviors or how to change them is another thing that is well known well you know studied and we know it but we're not taught it even though it's kind of the, the critical element to actually cause anything to happen either as i said with ourselves or others so with that in mind we've got a three-part series this is of course the first podcast the first part in the series talking about behaviors and for that, I've got uh, our resident expert, Yuta, who uh, runs our behavior, I suppose, part of most projects, but behavior part of the uh, Black Belt and Thinking training as well. So, Yuta, great to have you back. Thank you. Welcome to the Black Belt and Thinking podcast. I'm Peter Cronin, lead presenter of the Black Belt and Thinking. This is a podcast where we look at all things to do with thinking faster and acting more purposefully. I interview experts in their field to try and provide you with the insights to the way they think and the tools and processes they use on a day-to-day -day basis. If you find value in this podcast, love for you to share it with others. All right, so we might as well just jump into this. This is your area. Um, so behaviors, why, what people do. So why, why do people do what they do? Right. Uh this is, it's actually exciting to be here today because this is a, it's a passion of mine. Behavior um, has been forever, I would say, or since at least my early twenties. So why do people do what we do? I think that oftentimes when we try to understand people and obviously why they behave a certain way, I think we don't actually often think there is a science behind it. Right. We tend to sort of gravitate towards a bit of a kumbaya approach. Oh, people are emotional and they have all these intrinsic drivers and who knows why people do. They're unreasonable, you know, especially in behavioral economics. We hear a lot how people are unreasonable in the way they make decisions. Um, but in fact, there is a science behind it. There is the science yeah. of behavior. It's, it, as you said, it, it's actually something that's been well studied. Um, in psychology for decades. Um, so it's it's simpler than we think. Um, there is a law <laughs> behind why people do what they do. And actually Newton's law comes to mind. Um, we kind of accept certain laws like Newton's law, but we don't accept behavioral laws, you know? Yeah. Um, but I say Newton's law because the, the one of one of the three, I think, the famous one for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Well, similarly, oh. 
Yeah. I thought you were going to go with uh, bodies in motion maintain their motion. No, sure. because, and, and the only reason why I'm saying for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction is because people do what they do because of what happens to them when they do it. So there's a causal relationship there. Yeah. That kind of, I don't know, resonated with, with Newton's third law, but I could be completely off. Um, but in essence, behavior is governed by law and it is people do things for a reason. And that reason is they, they do things because of what happens to them when they do it. Yep. Which seems overly simplistic. Um, and it is intentionally overly simplistic because things that are simple are easier to understand and easier to, um, to use, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, the um, execution of behavior change is a lot more complex to compensate for the simplicity of the of the law of behavior. Yeah. Does that I, kind I of answer? Find, yeah. I, sorry, I, I don't want to. This might be something you need to get into, but I always find I don't know if I talk to anyone about this, and they sort of seem skeptical at this point that it's that simple. I find it fascinating that if you give an example or relate it to either children or dogs, everybody gets it. And they go, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. And then you go, oh, yeah, well, adults are the same. And then they get real skeptical. I'm like, what, what do you think's changed in, like, our human nature between being a child and an adult? Like, yeah, you know, they think, oh, no, we're all rational robots once we grow up or something. I don't know. I guess there is, I guess there is a bit of a, a belief that, we, well, as humans, yes, we are complex, but when, when you and I talk about behavior change, we're not really talking about the cognitive psychology of behavior. Like we're not saying we're gonna go and discuss with a person why they do what they do because we're not gonna ask them about their mother or their father or their relationship. This is not about the mind and the unseen. Yeah. We yeah. are actually talking about something very specific and something very distinct when we talk about behavior change anyway it's something very distinct from any sort of cognitive psychology and deep deep reasoning yeah um, because although that is true yes we all have these very deep drivers in us um, that drive us to, to to perform certain behaviors um that might be true but it's not very useful for us when it comes to shaping behavior our own or other people's yeah you're trying to shift you're trying to shift a key element you're not trying to be a psychologist for someone and change their entire like approach to life <laughs> correct yeah. um it's impractical and it's dangerous to mess with people's minds unless you're qualified to do so so we're just looking at the behaviors that we can see and the drivers that we can see in the environment sort of then that influence those behaviors and that's kind of the field that we stay in the, yeah. the practical field i guess yeah but now that you mentioned children and dogs um what i get a lot is is this similar to pavlov's dogs experiments oh yeah so i get a lot of oh is this like the pavlov's dogs you know what do you think i'm a dog no no it's actually not similar to pavlov's dogs it's got nothing to do with that <laughs> and yeah. no we don't think you're a dog <laughs> And if uh, I assume you're not going into this because again, we're not trying to get into 
behavioral psychology or anything. We're getting into the practical side of it. But for anyone who is interested, you can go look up operant conditioning versus classical conditioning just to see yeah. the difference. Uh, yeah. Classical conditioning is the Pavlov dog thing, which is a, you know, all you're doing is what coupling a, a physical response to a signal, like a bell. Yeah, yeah. to a signal that, uh, so I guess for me, the main difference is that with classical conditioning, there, um, the behavior isn't reliant on the consequence. Yeah. So yeah. we'll it's get, I guess, correlated. a bit more into that. Probably doesn't mean anything to people at this point, unless they, they're a behavioral analyst or, or know a bit about behavior. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So I guess what does behavior change then? If, if people do what they do because of what happens to them, I suppose that kind of leads us to the answer of what does behavior change? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think we've kind of touched on what we mean by it. Um, but for us, it's really, there's three parts to, to, to a behavior change outcome. And for us, the three parts are the antecedents, the behaviors and the consequences. So the antecedent being a trigger that, a, a trigger, a trigger that prompts a behavior. So something happens, behavior follows it. And as a result of the behavior, there is a consequence to the person. Yep. I think the, that's probably the main three, and, it, and I call it a three-part contingency because it's actually, there is a conditional relationship between the three. So they're not, they don't exist in isolation. One causes the other or there is a probability that one will cause the other. Yeah. Cool. So and I now mean, I, I feel like I'm saying these things. I don't know how much this actually means to the listeners because I'm not actually sure. Well, I was just going to say, I suppose a simple example, since we're talking about dogs and I've, I've had a crash course in uh, how pure behavior changes for dogs over the, over the Christmas break, since we got a puppy. Oh, um, right. Yeah. The very, very simple way of the antecedent behavior consequence, right. Is, you like you call the dog to come to you. Uh, the behavior that's the antecedent. The, the the behavior is the dog comes, and the the consequence is you know you give him a treat. And yeah. we've we've got a very smart dog. He's a, he's from a working working farm, uh, border collie. So he picks things up very quickly. Um, yeah. You know he also figures out how to get around things, which is a pain. But anyway, um, <laughs> he learns things very quickly. I mean, I think it took him like twice for us to teach him to sit. You say sit. He didn't get it. He pushed his bum down and give him a treat. You know, did it twice and then that was it. He just had it. He does it every single time. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it's 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 really that simple. Um, now, obviously, now people are going to go, oh, well, you know, it's different with, with people. But, you know, if you ask for someone for a report to be, you know, for something to be done for you by three o'clock this afternoon and when they get it to you, you say, oh, thanks, I really appreciate that. And you make a fuss about it. Uh, not for everybody, but for a lot of people, they're going to go, oh, wow, I feel, feel good about getting that in. Whereas if you, you know, you're an asshole and you decide to take that moment to complain about some work they did last week, you know, if you continue that trend over a decent amount of time, uh, you know, which one is going to drive people to to try and respond to your request for work more? You know, it's... yeah. It's it's kind of the thing I think I think you you said before we we do this anyway. It's just 
we might not be aware of it and, and being aware of it is huge. Oh, absolutely. I think the biggest, um, not pushback. Yeah. Pushbacks probably the right word. The biggest pushback that I get when I talk about behavior change or behavior shaping in other people, as well as in yourself is that it's manipulation, mm. but very, it's very obvious that we are all doing it. It's either intentional or unintentional. Yep. But on a daily basis, we reinforce each other's behaviors or, or punish each other's behaviors. And we don't really give it much thought. So we don't necessarily get the outcome that we want. This is literally just shining light on what's already happening and kind of explaining the science behind it and, and behind why it works. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, it might be the dumbest response or it might be a clever response, I'm not really sure, but to when people say, oh, isn't this manipulation? It's like, well, you choosing to put such a negative tag on it, isn't that manipulation to try and get me to stop doing it? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but I think also we are actually trying to understand why people behave a certain way. Yeah, yeah. So we're not mindlessly trying to this isn't a this is not like your dog we're not just trying to say to the dog sit and the dog will sit and will go good boy yeah yeah so so we are intentionally introducing the antecedent and the consequence because what we are actually manipulating is the environment not yeah. the behavior itself and we're kind of using the environment to understand the behavior yeah i guess the, what I'm trying, the best way to explain it is th the behavior itself isn't necessarily good or bad. It really does depend on the environment. And I'm, I'm thinking now about, um, and I was talking to, I, I was talking about running the other day. I'm, I'm not a runner, um, but I might want to be. Um, but I was talking about running with someone the other day and the behavior of running, um, which is, quite a good example for what right now when we discuss running it's a behavior and the, when you see a person running unless you actually understand the antecedent and the consequence you don't you can see them running and you can see that it's a behavior but you have no idea what's happening yeah so the behavior might be the same if you're training for a marathon and you're running and yep. it might be the same if you're being, I don't know, chased by a, an ex-murderer and you're running. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we kind of need to know what triggers the behavior and what's the consequence of the behavior. Um, and that's kind of our playing field, not so much the behavior itself. Yeah. Yeah, you think about even, uh, I remember when I used to run, I, I tend to go to the gym more instead now, but... Uh, a long time ago actually now but i used to run a lot you know multiple 5k's and 10k's each week and you know if anybody asked i would just say oh you know like running for fitness sort of thing but actually to be honest it was mostly an obsession with uh, progress very very easy it's it's the same reason i like uh lifting weights at the gym is it's very easy to measure progress in these things yeah a lot of things aren't that binary but you run a 5k the same exact 5k like you know multiple times a week and time yourself every time and you watch those averages come down or same thing with you know it's very binary when you can add another five kilos and still lift whatever you're going to lift that you couldn't do a month ago 
you know, like it's, it's very clear cut for progress. And that was actually what's driving me. Um, whereas, you know, somebody else could be out for the exact same run as me and they're doing it, as you say, to, to try and, uh, you're running a marathon or they, you know, for the achievement of having run in the marathon, they don't actually care what time they get perhaps, or, or maybe it's to, you know, it's to lose weight or maybe, I don't know, the training because they're going to join the police force and then to get fitter. I don't know, but it's, the behavior might be the same, but as you say, the antecedent and the consequence are wildly different. So if we wish to encourage or shift or whatever the behavior, we wouldn't have a hope without knowing the, the A and the C. Yeah. Good. All right. So I guess that's uh, why we need it. <laughs> um, but well, that's why we need to understand it, I suppose. Why, why, why do we need it? Why, well, why, why we, we need it? Yeah. I was going to say, no, that's not quite why we need yeah. it. Um, why we need it is probably because we live in groups of be unless you're, I don't know, on a deserted Island and your only friend is Wilson, the ball. Yeah you live with people so whether it's on a personal level or on a professional level at work you, you deal with people all the time yeah so if you're at home and your partner is in the kitchen and they are unloading the dishwasher you will react a certain way if they're not <laughs> doing it then they should be you will react a certain way yeah yeah so you will shape people's beha behaviors regardless. And I think why we, why we need to actually know a bit more about it is so that we actually can do it properly, I guess. Get, yeah. a, bit, get a bit more of the outcomes we actually want. Yep. Yeah, I, I, think, a, I think a classic example of that, um, of the outcomes that we actually want, if we don't understand the behavior, being, being, being hard to get that, is... Um, you know, the sales environment is a good one where you hear about sales managers being frustrated or whatever that the salespeople were never, you know, updating their CRM or tracking their leads or, you know, finding more leads. All they're doing is like trying to close. But, you know, these are the same companies that offer bonuses based in purely off close rates. And in fact, some of them have quite aggressive closing quotas. And it's like, yeah. Well, you can be frustrated all you want, but you're the one who put in place the structure that encourages them to not do what you want. Yep. So don't be no, frustrated with them. <laughs> like. That's absolutely classic, that example. And it was it Goldratt that said, tell me how you measure me and I'll tell you how I behave or something along those lines? Uh, I heard that. I don't know who said it, but yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's exactly it, right? And I think this is exactly my point. We sort of, especially in organizations, I feel like in this day and age, we, we, we live in a world of leadership by memes, inspirational memes. <laughs> we sort of disregard the science of behavior. Yeah. Because we're not really taught this in schools. You don't go to, when you study management, when you study, well, I don't even know if you'd study leadership necessarily, but you kind of don't actually, you don't study behaviors, do you? No, not at, really. At I mean, best, you would study the attaboy, you know? The closest <laughs> you probably get is um, uh, probably in marketing, to be honest. I'm thinking some of my marketing papers are probably the closest you ever get to studying behaviors when you're looking at consumer behaviors. Correct. But, but weirdly, in the sort of HR papers, 
you don't really discuss that. <laughs> no, and you would completely, and you could be a marketing manager that manages people that has a very clear understanding of the customer behavior, and you will completely disregard applying that, those same principles to your staff. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This podcast is brought to you by the BBIT. If you want to improve your own thinking and problem-solving skills, visit blackboutandthinking.com to sign up now. So yeah, it's a lot of the times, especially in work environments, it's the people, it's the, it's the person's fault. The person yep. is lazy, the person is rude, the person is useless. We fail to actually look at how the environment is causing the behavior. Yeah. Which is, in a way, a logical fallacy because we are we observe a certain behavior but like we might observe person constantly being late or not handing in work and then we conclude that they're lazy and then we actually use the lazy to explain the behavior oh uh, yeah right yeah do you know what i mean it, it kind yeah. of doesn't even make sense instead of looking it's at a... how did we create the environment that causes this behavior we kind of go oh, no, no, no the person's not handing it work in, therefore they must be lazy. And because they're lazy, they're not handing it yeah, the work. Yeah, it's, uh, it's their terms, personal tautology, whatever it is, like circular logic. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Rather than looking at what's actually causing the thing, you're right. You just label it. Or the classic one is like they're unmotivated. This is kind of blanket term for oh. they don't do what what we'd like them yeah. to do. Well, interestingly enough. Um, when we do study behaviors and we mentioned um, the antecedent behavior and consequence contingency, um, there is, I guess, a part of motivation that falls into that. But it, it is also quite, um, quite tightly bound with the consequence that people experience for doing stuff, whether oh, they yeah. will be motivated or not to repeat the behavior in future. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah, all these labels, they're just they're just not useful. Yeah. If if no, you actually want to change behavior. If you want to just complain about people for yeah, by all means go for it. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. That is a way to sort of sweep it under the carpet, so to speak, and just say, Oh, all well, these people are useless. Oh yeah, to wipe your hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because well, especially nowadays, you know, people are our biggest assets. Yeah. You know. Was it um, some story is before my time, but you might have been involved with it um, of uh, uh, I don't know one of the customers we we're dealing with um, somebody asking them either do they hire you know lazy useless people or do they make <laughs> them useless or something like that do you know that one I think I know who you're talking about yeah and so the, an <laughs> the answer was no they hire great people it just they become acculturated pretty quickly yeah right yeah. <laughs> so it's like oh okay so you hire great people and then somehow you cause them to be useless <laughs> maybe you should look into that yeah yeah exactly yeah well i mean I actually go. not sorry but this is completely i'm stealing your your um, script here i'm going off script but i I have a perfect example. I'm not going. Obviously, I'm not going to name the company, but I have a perfect example of an employee. He was. I can say in IT. I think that's wide enough. He was in IT, and everyone came to him for things. Yeah. 
and it was he was well known to be unreliable and to sort of not complete things right but if you sat in front of his office for even an hour yeah you would see exactly why he behaved that way because people would literally go in and start screaming at him where's my thing right and he would drop whatever he's doing and do that thing for this person right yeah 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 and it was it was ridiculous um it was so obvious <laughs> why he behaved the way he behaved yeah um because it was highly punishing for him to to finish things off <laughs> because someone would be screaming at him no you have to do my thing first yeah right yeah as you say it's so obvious but i'm sure people you know had all sorts of other reasons or just accepted it or something oh he was um, just unreliable that was yeah right unreliable. they just hired yeah. someone who just finished just never finished what he started yeah unless yeah. you screamed at him uh, which yeah. turned out to be a like prophecy <laughs> yeah 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 exactly which is a lot of a lot of these things are all right so what did what did you do there with the uh the broken id oh uh super simple we had a first we had a chat with all the heads of department who were the people screaming at him oh yeah yep. um, <laughs> um basically what we did is we introduced a very simple we call it a far cue board um a, a very simple kanban board that yep. visualizes work in progress just to be clear that's a that's a cue that's far away right far cue Yep, yep. Is it my accent? Did you hear something else, Peter? <laughs> um, a very simple board that basically queued up all of his in-progress tasks or upcoming tasks. And it basically had a about to be done, doing and done on it. I think those were the three basic ones. Um, with the one simple rule that the 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 doing part of the board only had to have one task it was only allowed to have one task okay. and he was not allowed to start anything until that one task was finished right okay um, yeah. basically people could walk into his office and see a what he's working on right now and yeah. where in the queue their task fits and and possibly when he was going to get to it right to doing it um but basically they were just encouraged to reinforce that behavior reinforce the behavior of him working on the one task instead of getting into his office screaming at him for not doing their whatever they wanted him to be doing yeah i mean yeah. I, it it took that day that was it we we implemented that one change and it it changed the way all of a sudden oh my gosh he oh i almost said his name oh all of a sudden um we need to protect the innocent by not revealing names, <laughs> yeah. customer names but all of a sudden he became the hero who just resolved people's issues yeah right it's changed overnight from being someone who was useless to being someone who gets stuff done <laughs> yes crazy isn't it so there you go nothing to do with him again it's the environment absolutely and not to mention the fact that people stopped interrupting him even to to just go in and and you know just going in and seeing where they their task was was probably way more positively reinforcing for him to see people doing that than having to interrupt whatever he was doing so he can explain to them. Yeah, yeah. 
That's great. There so sometimes it can be an actual system that doesn't necessarily, because I feel a lot of the misconception about behavior change is that it's all about pets on back. Where in yeah. fact you can't just manipulate the process to get the desired behavior to, for the system to be way more reinforcing than what it was before. And if you can make a systematized one, it's so much more practical because otherwise you've just got a bunch of managers going around patting backs. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which is like sure if I you've got a, a specific targeted behavior that needs to shift in one person, and you kind of you know and you know a bit of hands-on time would uh, would shift that, then sure. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, I guess that's similar to like, if it gets really bad, that's what a performance management meeting is for. It's oh, very yeah, hands-on, but it's also very direct. Obviously that's not the sort of approach we're taking here. Um, but as opposed to, you don't want to be having performance management meetings with, you know, you don't want that to be your only way to cause people's quality of work to increase. You're far better to have, you know, small conversations frequently or to make it clearer how their work, is, how high quality their work is. Uh, through some sort of, yeah, standard systematized process as opposed to, yeah, the hands-on, or as you say, the pat on the back. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't want to patronize people either. Yeah. You yeah. can get away with it with your kids, possibly. Yeah, right. <laughs> or your dog. We, we might be getting a little too much into the how-to here if I ask this question, the, the sort of part three of the series. Um, but, but just quickly, I, I just feel like I have to say with the pat on the back, is the one of the what the biggest error people make when trying to implement the stuff in case someone goes off to do it is not getting the you know the consequence right not getting not actually appreciating what others find reinforcing or rewarding oh yeah and just assuming that they'll like x like they say a pat on the back let's say you're you're a big hotshot manager and you love attention so you give them a bunch of attention but actually they are a quiet you know focused worker and hate it when they do something that causes them to get a lot of attention yeah yeah well okay completely not completely off topic but a perfect example when i was back when i was at uni i had a friend who was very very shy yeah and we took the same class and one on one particular day because we were mucking around probably, and this was huge lecture theaters filled with people. This was not a 20 per person class. We sort of stumbled into the lecture theater quite late and drew attention to ourselves. Right. And because I managed to also trip on <laughs> when we stumbled in, there was laughter accompanied by this attention as well. My friend, for example, just sunk that was Mortified. so punishing to her yeah that she was never ever late if we were even five like from that day forward if we were even five minutes late she would literally not go in she would say <laughs> i'll get the notes off of someone else i'm not going in there whereas for me it was kind of not that i maybe i am attention seeking actually but i kind of for me it was not a negative experience it was it was quite fine and i wouldn't mind getting a laugh out of people next time so yeah right i had no problem with with, with going in there after that yeah yeah so we absolutely experience things differently so yeah. when we talk about consequences you can only actually really call something 
sort of a consequence depending on whether only once you know how that affected the behavior is the behavior yeah. going to repeat or not repeat in the future because of that consequence yeah so you can say pets on back are positively reinforcing well they are only positive if they actually increase the behavior in future if they make no change no you're petting someone on the back you may, may as well stop <laughs> yeah 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 exactly yeah, good. All right. Well, maybe we'll leave people with that. So if they do do want to go off and look at why people do what they do, um, well, I'd summarize, um, well, we call this ABC, I'm not sure we mentioned that, but antecedent behavior consequence um, that Nith has been talking about. Um, that's why anybody does what they are doing now. Uh, and therefore, you know, it's also kind of the answer to change it. So I mean, we'll be back in uh, part three of the series to talk about um, how to do that like some practical kind of approaches uh and in the in part two we're gonna uh, instead it's gonna be a a bit of a discussion we've got a, a couple of uh gentlemen who have implemented this quite effectively in, in their business um and really changed both people in their businesses you know uh performance in the business but also changed your life um so we'll be we'll be back for that but yeah, in the meantime, go out there looking for when you when you see someone doing something and you either think, what, they're, they're lazy or you think they're an idiot or you're just confused or perplexed. Um, what would you say? Just just look for what what might trigger them to do it, the antecedent, and look what might be reinforcing them into doing, doing it again in the future? Yep. Yeah. Simple as ABC. Don't be fooled by the simplicity. It is a lot harder than it seems it's just simple on paper <laughs> yeah 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 but i'd strongly encourage you to do that uh when i when you first you know um when i first started learning this i uh i would literally just and in lunch breaks and things uh like on, on client sites just sit and, and this sounds creepy yes but sit and watch people's behavior and just kind of like try and you know drop down oh well they you know they do this sort of thing like you know kitchen's a great example of a business because some people will go wash their dishes some people go dump their dishes some people will come in and wash everybody else's dishes that are in the sink things like that right so there's, yeah. there's just it's so many just little behaviors that are inconsequential that you can just look for and think oh i wonder what you know i wonder what's I wonder why they're doing that and actually just having a ponder about it and try to come up with a few antecedents and a few consequences and uh it's uh it's good it's good good to just identify literally identifying it like with all of these tools is, is by far the most useful first step um and then just seeing it's almost once you start you start to get used to this it's a bit like seeing the matrix all of a sudden everybody's behavior you're like oh my god yeah <laughs> people only ever do things because of antecedents and consequences and it just becomes so clear um so it's quite yeah it's an interesting interesting journey yeah we're basic animals <laughs> we are indeed we are indeed all right well um i'll see you again on on this call to talk about the, the sort of how-to of this in, in a couple of weeks all bananas oh all right thanks, thanks for, for having me again. yes